I want to bring before you uh, a word that the Lord had given me March the 13th in the year of 2010. And I was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to give to your people all this week? And as I looked at several scriptures and researched the word of God, and as I heard what the Lord and, 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 and was waiting to hear a word from the Lord, and the word that came back into my spirit time and time again was obedience. I said, well, Lord, you know, I would really like to go in another direction. And he said, obedience. I said, well, Lord, you know, I've got something rattling around in my spirit here, and I believe obedience. So as I surrendered to the Lord and said, yes, sir, obedience to you. Lord, I have to do better with making that sacrifice of being obedient to you. And then the Lord put in my spirit, and he said, you know, exactly three years and, and four days ago, I gave you this message. He says, and I want you to minister this message on today because it is someone that will be in the service today will need to hear this word that's going to come forth on today. And there will be someone in the service on today, it will be a confirmation of the fact that they are being obedient unto our Lord. So we have been studying in our Wednesday night Bible study sessions, the book of Genesis. We know that the word Genesis means origin, it means beginning, it means uh, the very start of things. And we also know that the book of Genesis is about beginnings. And in that book of Genesis, God begins to lay the groundwork and the foundation for all of the rest of Scripture that he would send through the anointed men of God, through his anointed vessels over thousands, over hundreds and thousands of years so that we all would be able to receive what he has to say. Being obedient to God. Now, I know that all of us are human. And there are times in our lives when we would rather do it our way and not God's way. And I know that I'm not the only person that would debate with the Lord and say, Well, Lord, you know, if you would just do this and then, you know, maybe I could have it this way. Obedience. The Bible says it's, obedience is better than sacrifice. But one thing I've found out about serving the Lord is, while we are here in this earth, we all must be obedient and attentive to the things of God. 
And then after we leave the earth, then we've got it made and we won't have to do any of those things that he would want us to do. Because after we leave this earth and get in his presence, we shall reap the reward. And everybody say, but in the meantime. You see, it's always what happens in the meantime. When God speaks his word. When God gives you those instructions, his commandments, his direction. It's what you do with those things in the meantime. One of the things that I've discovered is that fact that nobody can walk with God without obedience. In fact, if you have your Bibles, if you would open your Bibles with me. And let's look in the book of Isaiah chapter 1. And it's an all familiar passage of scripture. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you have the same Bible I have, page 880. Hallelujah. Or if you have one of those anointed bookmarks in your Bible, watch this. Watch this. Everybody watch me. Watch me. As you're looking at this. If you have one of those anointed, pre-programmed bookmarks in your Bible like I have, all you need to do is just do like that. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. If, verse 19, you know, it's not the, 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 the grandiose words in the vocabulary that really get our attention, but many times it's only those two-letter words, those one-syllable words that should grab our attention as people of God. And so we find here the prophet Isaiah here in the very first chapter of the book of Isaiah, verse 19, in which he says, If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. Well, it says the same thing. If ye are willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. So now that word obedient, being obedient, means many things in, in, in the English language. When we are obedient, that means we are hearing intelligently. It means we have the ability to discern things. It means that we can carefully understand what we have been told to do. And I really find that it really is the people of God who, who, who really have the most trouble in understanding very clearly and discerning and hearing intelligently that which God has called them to do and that which God has told them to do. And it's really amazing because they usually find time to do everything else that God has not told them to do, but very little time left to do what God has already instructed them and told them to do. Anybody in here, you don't put your hand up now, but amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in our Wednesday night Bible studies, as we're doing our chronological study, and we started, started in Genesis chapter 1, and we're doing that very sequentially, and, and uh, I just want to talk about uh, just a few of those individuals whom we've already studied already. And one of those gentlemen is, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 6, and we're going to look in verses 8 and verses 9, and you'll find that on page 8. <clears throat> 
Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Normally we would have those scriptures before you. Uh, uh, coming up. Coming up? Okay. All right. There we are. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And one of those individuals that we have already studied is a man by the name of Noah. And we did quite a bit of study on that. And Noah was really an extraordinary individual in the Bible. Now you may say, well, Pastor, you're preaching here in Genesis, but you didn't talk about Adam yet. But just, 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 just wait a minute. We, 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 we're going to get to Adam. But now we need to talk about Noah because it really does set the foundation for what we're going to talk about here today, Noah. And it's really interesting that when we study all of the names in the Bible, all of the names in the Bible really do have scriptural significance. They display the character of individuals. And the name Noah means rest. Hallelujah. It means rest. So Noah was a patriarch of the flood, and we find here in chapter 8, excuse me, in verse 8, but Noah found grace. And if you can, if you want to underline that word grace, that would be very helpful for yourselves. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then it goes on in verse 9 to say, These are the generations of Noah, for Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And watch this, Noah walked with God. So if you've underlined grace, I also want you to underline the word just and also perfect. And let me talk about that for just a few minutes. Now, there are certain things that happen in the Bible. They happen for a particular reason. And this word grace is an interesting word because this is the first mention of the word grace in the Bible. Here we are in the very beginning and we're talking about grace. You see, grace is not something that happened only in the New Testament, but there was a shadowing of grace even in the Old Testament. So grace means the kindness and the favor of God. Uh, we like to say uh, uh, that, that grace is the unmerited favor of God. That means the kindness and the favor of God is something that you can't earn. And we as, we as human beings, we don't give out rewards unless you earn it. Amen? Amen? I mean, I know you've done that with your children. Well, you come home with a good report card. Well, if you do your chores, if mom gives me that good report about you when I get home, then maybe uh, this will happen or maybe that won't happen, but maybe this will happen. There's always a reward attached to the things that we as people of God would do. But I love grace. Because even in those times when, when we are not obedient to our Lord, even in those times when we'd rather be in flesh and do it our way, God doesn't say, well, come on over here. 
got something for you. So I love God's grace. I love his favor. Ah, glory be to God. I love his kindness and his love towards me. And it's so amazing to me that there are people that experience not only the mercy of God, but the grace of God on a daily basis, but yet they will turn their back on God. So the Bible says here very plainly, it says that Noah was a just and a perfect man in his generations. He was all of that and more. And then the Bible says that he walked with God. God. So he was just. That means he was lawful and he was righteous even in those days and those times. He was perfect and without blemish and he was full of integrity. And I'm sure probably during that time when, 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 when God was giving Noah the instructions to build the ark so that he would be able to preserve his family and there would be a remnant of people saved in the earth. Perhaps Noah went in his mind and said, Lord, why didn't you just give this to Adam to do back then? You know, why didn't you give it to Cain or, 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 or Seth or, 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 or Abel or, 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 or one of them? Lord, why are you giving me, I don't know what a boat is. I don't know what an ark is. But it pays to be obedient when God speaks. It pays to be obedient. So he was perfect. He was without blemish and he was full of integrity. And I think that's something that's sorely missing in the earth today is integrity. People of character who will do what they say they're going to do. Do what they've been instructed to do. But we're all striving for perfection in our own way. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Glory be to God. Page 1594. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear. Not that teeth chattering, uh, uh, knees knocking, uh, uh, sweat popping fear, but that reverential fear of God, that reverential uh, respect That only our Lord and Savior, that our Heavenly Father is worthy of receiving that kind of fear. He moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. And you won't see this, but in the Message Bible, it says by faith. Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. If you know anything about shipbuilding, normally ships are never built on dry land. Ships are built in proximity to where there's always water. 
And I had the occasion to work quite a bit at the Philadelphia Navy Yard there and, and, and do a lot of work there uh, in preparing that Navy Yard for the conversion to shipbuilding so that ships would be built. And every ship that was built there was built so that it would be built in the dry dock and then it would be slid into the water. You can't build an ocean liner in the middle of Route 73 and expect it to get to the water in our finite minds, in our limited way of thinking. But when we are obedient to God, when we hear God speaks and God says, Noah, the first thing I want you to do is do something that's never been be done before. That is, I want you to build this ark, but I don't want you to take it to the Euphrates River. I don't want you to take it to another river. I want you to build this ark in the middle of dry ground. There's a revelation in that, because most people, whenever you say something's dry, something's dead, something's boring, they get upset and they will uh, tend to agree with you, but there is something about what God said, build it on dry ground. Sometimes your blessings come about in dry places. That's the revelation, hallelujah, for you on today. So as a result of, 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 of Noah believing God and being called righteous by faith, Noah became intimate with God. And if we're going to be intimate with God, the first thing that we as people of God need to do is be obedient to him. I've observed that it's, 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 it's easy to be religious when religion is in fashion. Even the rank of center wants to be religious on Sunday. Uh, even those that don't really know the Lord as personal Savior, on next Sunday, on Palm Sunday, will become very religious. And on the following Sunday, when it's Easter Sunday, even the world knows, boy, there's something special. This is the day that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Glory be to God. But it's easy to be that way when religion is in fashion. But I want to tell all of you here today that it takes faith and integrity for you to be able to swim against the stream. To go against what your flesh would tell you to do and believe God and trust God. It takes faith and obedience to do what God called you to do. It takes faith to appear godly when nobody else is willing to do so. You see, that's why God destroyed the earth and he sent the flood. So my question today is, who are you running with? The Bible says that Noah walked with God. Question, who are you running with? Well, obviously, Noah was different and God liked what he saw in Noah. That's why God honored Noah. Another question for you, what does God see when he looks at you? 
Does he see a person of integrity? Does he see a person of character? Does he see a person of obedience? Mm. Pretty quiet in here. Turn to Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. Let's talk about Enoch for just a minute. Hallelujah. You have the same Bible I have, page 7. And the scripture says, and Enoch walked, here it is again, with God. And he was not, for God took him. This is the only place in scripture that I've heard something positive coming out of God taking somebody. Because there's always usually a negative connotation. Whenever there's a home-going service, and for whatever reason, and somebody stands up and it says, well, God took my brother so-and-so, took this relative, took my loved one. Well, hallelujah. Have we ever considered the fact that perhaps they were ready to go where God wanted them to go? God took him, and he was not. Why? Because Enoch walked steadily with God, and when we walk steadily with God, one of these old mornings, and it won't be very long, the Lord is going to sweep down, and we'll be simply gone. Hallelujah. So we've talked about Noah. We've talked about Enoch. Now, let's go in here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, and let's, let's, let's take a look at Adam. Adam. Created, he who was created in God's image and in his likeness. Verse 8 of Genesis, chapter 3. And they heard the voice of God, of the Lord God, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So what did Adam and Eve do? I just gave you the answer. It's an open book test. What did they do? They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Now, when they were created, they were created to fellowship with God. And originally, their hearts leaped for joy and excitement and great expectation when they heard the sound of God's strong, tender voice calling out to them. So before at verse 8, they had always run to meet God, just like a child runs to meet his or her father who has been away for a while. But no, not this time. Something terrible had happened since God's last visit with Adam and Eve. You see, because of sin and disobedience, Adam and Eve had turned away from God. They rebelled against God, and they had decided to do what they wanted to do instead of what God wanted them to do. And whenever we decide not to do what God wants us to do, you'll be in a state of rebellion. You'll be in a state of disobedience. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And Adam and Eve broke their walk with God because of one thing, disobedience and sin. I believe that disobedience and sin will make you not want to face God. 
Perhaps you may know of somebody that's not here today because of their own disobedience and their own sense of church. No, not me. But that's what sin will do to you. But not, I'm not talking to you now, but all of those who will hear this by iCloud, who will hear this, amen, because it's being streamed or because of the CD, sin will make you run from God. Sin makes cowards out of all men. Hallelujah. Most sinners don't want to face the fact of their own sin. That's why they run from God. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. They didn't want to face the fact that they were in sin and that they disobeyed God. So they decided that they would hide from him when he came looking for them. Most sinners don't want to give an account of their behavior. It takes a person of integrity and honor to be able to stand up and say, yes, I've sinned. Lord, I've gone against your precepts and not done what you commanded me to do. And Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. The God that I serve is a God of mercy and grace. He's not a God of the big baseball bat or the big fly swatter. At least not yet. But most people, the strange thing is, even sinners, they don't want to suffer judgment and punishment. That's why they run and hide from God. You see, to me, that's kind of an oxymoron. You're already in sin. You've already disobeyed God. But no, I don't want to face God. I'll face him when I, when I get my act together. I'll come and, 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 and be amongst the people of God. But right now, I have just got to get myself together. Classic trick of the enemy. Well, I, 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 I don't think I want to come back amongst the people of God because I know there's going to be some questions that are going to be asked, and I'm not quite up to giving them the honest and the correct answers. Sinners don't want to suffer judgment and punishment. But we don't want to be like them, do we, people of God? Well, being obedient to God is necessary for us as people of God because obedience brings the blessing. And I'm almost finished here. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Amen. Page, uh, page number, look at that. Hallelujah. Page number 1472. Hallelujah. Romans 16, 6 and 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Now, let me read this to you in the, in the Phillips translation here. You belong to the power which you choose to obey. And I want you to hear me that. You belong to the power which you choose to obey, whether you choose sin, whose reward is death, or God. Obedience to whom means the reward of righteousness. Hallelujah. You are a slave too. And your master is that thing which you give authority over to in your life. If you love God, 
you're no longer a slave to sin. If you know him as your Lord and Savior, if you are obedient to him, he will be your Lord and Master if you give your life to him. Psalm chapter 32, verse 7, page 733. Obedience brings the blessings. In fact, this is what the psalmist said in 32, in 7 of the book of Psalms. He said, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. It means something, and I love hearing people of God when they testify, testify and say what things the Lord has delivered them from. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to stay right there in Psalm 32, and we're going to drop down and look here in verse 9, and I'm going to read that to you in the Amplified Bible. And it says, Be not like the horse or the mule, which lack understanding, which must have their mouths held firm with bit and bridle, or else they will not come with you. Now, this, this translation is really going to blow you away here in the Message Bible. Don't be ornery like a horse or mule that needs bit and bridle to stay on track. And I'm saying to all of us under the sound of my voice today, be obedient to God. Don't be ornery like the horse or the mule that needs that bit and that bridle and its mouth to keep them on track. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God is a good God. And he's worthy of all of our praises. Hallelujah. Let me just give it to you now in the, in the today's English version. Don't be stupid like a horse or a mule, which must be controlled with a bit and bridle to make it submit. Decisions of quality become the bit in our mouths, people of God. God has made it possible for us to hear his voice for his direction. So being able to hear God's voice and obey his instructions and respond to his direction is absolutely critical and essential to your success as a child of God. And don't ever forget that. So here are two ways that you can obey God. Number one, through the written word, which is the Logos word. And number two, it is the spoken word or the rhema word. Now, if you write that down, go to Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. The King James Version. And I heard an allusion to this a little earlier, I believe, when, when Pastor Dora was ministering to us. I believe it was Elder Dave as well, uh, uh, between the two of them. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5. Right. Hallelujah. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall, come on, help me read it here now. Ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. I don't know why even the, 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 the saints of God fight 
being peculiar, being called peculiar, because there's always a negative connotation attached to the word peculiar. The world thinks that peculiar means to be, to be off your rocker, to be out of your mind, to be strange, to be weird, and, and, and some other different things. But the definition of the word is God has said you will be a peculiar people. That means to be special. You are a special person to God. Glory be to God. And I want you to understand that today. God sees you as special. But it's up to you to continue to be obedient and continue to walk with God himself. So we just need to be able to hear direction in the voice of God and be obedient to him. Deuteronomy chapter 28, you don't have to turn there, verses 1 through verses 14 tells us that obedience brings blessings to our lives as people of God. Now, if you remember, God had promised Israel blessings in all areas of their lives. He said they would be blessed in the city. They would be blessed in the farm. They would have cattle coming in. They would be blessed in their coming in. They would be blessed in their going out. They would be blessed in everything that they set their hand to do. How many of you want to be blessed when it comes to the things of God? And God promised to to the children of Israel, he promised to defeat their enemies and to establish them in the land as a holy people before him. And then he said that he would make them the leading nation in the earth and that they would be his instrument of blessing to the world. Doesn't that sound wonderful? How many of you would like to be that way? But here's the catch. He also said, but only if they obeyed his covenant as a holy nation. If you can, stand to your feet right now. It's close here. If you're able to do so. Hallelujah. If we obey. Today we have all the blessings that we need in Christ Jesus. Because of one thing. And here's that word again. His grace. God's grace. His unmerited favor. His kindness and his love is available to all of us today. But we can only enjoy God's grace and God's blessings as we trust him and obey his voice. Let me take you back to the Old Testament just one more time. In the book of Jeremiah, in chapter 7 and verse 23 in the Message Bible, it says, Obey me, do what I say, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Live the way I tell you. Do what I command you so that your lives will go well. Obedience paves the way for wholeness and wellness in every area of our lives. Even if things are not going the way that you think they should be going right now. Be obedient and listen to the voice of our Heavenly Father. 
follow his word, follow his precepts. Continue to abide in him and trust him and be faithful to him.